We may never know, Uther. I intend to live forever. How dare you show your face here? Uh, faces. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at that, you idiot! A lot of story there, a lot of lore. Uh, for those of you who are into that kind of thing, I love you. Welcome to Live, Laugh, Lore, the podcast that explores where we've been and where we may go next in the world of Warcraft. Welcome, everyone, to Live, Laugh, Lore, episode 71, the show that goes deeper in the lore than the Zeralak Caverns. Ooh. Each episode, we will check in, have some laughs, and talk all about the lore of Warcraft 1 or two topics at a time. My name is Jin, the one that's leading this lore spelunking expedition. <laughs> And I'm joined by the one who was skeptical about, uh, you know, this intro joke, but eventually she came. <laughs> it's <Wow>. Allie. <laughs> what? <laughs> so that's how this is going to start. All right. All right. All right it's oh, just you wait. Just you wait. It gets better. <laughs> God. <laughs> so besides listening to my horrible puns, what you been up to? What have I been up to? Well, obviously 10.1. Yeah. Because, yay. Getting ready for 10.1 and 10.1. And the cool thing was that the first week of 10.1 is like, do 14 dungeons, basically. Because <laughs> it was five for time walking. Okay. Then there was the regular weekly of do four mythics. Oh, okay. And then instead of uh, over there, like on the side where you get the, the quest in like two different dungeons for rep stuff. Instead of that, it was just do five dungeons of heroic, heroic dungeons oh. and get 415 gear. Oh, well, look at that. So it was a dungeon week. I did so many dungeons. So many dungeons. As I do. As I do. As you do. So but outside of that, I've been watching Last of Us finally. <gasps> I know I'm, I'm late to that, but. Me too. Wow. I'm still it, playing the hmm. game. I'm not going to say anything about it, but it, except for the fact that it's just, I, what did I just finish? Episode seven. Oh, and it's just, mm, it's, it's so, it's so well done. It, I, that's all I'm going to say. It's, it's well done. And it's fantastic. Yeah. I've heard a lot of good things. I, I have not watched it myself. Figured I would play the game first to compare and contrast, but. I, I was know. torn between it, but I decided I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. And I want to watch the show now. So that's what I did. Right. I'm glad I did. All right. Well, eventually I'll be able to be like, so, hey, so I finally watched it. Let's talk about it. Because as of right now, I don't know what's going on in the show. Nothing, not, not a thing. Thanks. So many things. So I think, but hey, that's far more than enough about me. What about you, my friend? Me? Well, I'm finally home. Thank goodness. Yay. No more uh, work travels. Oh, but wait, there's more. I actually do have to have a little bit of work travel next week, so blech, but eh, whatever. It's a it's a short one, not like two. Next weeks. week, I get, where are you going this time? That's oh, stupid. L.A. Yeah, who's going to L.A.? Yeah. Of course, L.A. Yeah, of course, of course, L.A. Yeah, L.A. So, uh, but yeah, that's that's not that's not neither here nor there. Uh, no, what have I been up to? Uh, so I decided that I would go and say yes to a certain individual that invited me to go and watch Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. That was, you know, obviously none other than my uh, wonderful brother-in-law, Mr. Mr. Jameson, as he likes to call himself, <laughs> whatever. Uh, and that was a good movie. That was good. Um, it may actually be my favorite of the Guardians of Galaxies. 
Really? Yeah, it was a very good movie. That's that's some big. We're seeing it. My mom is so badass. She wants to go see it on Mother's Day. That was totally her choice. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, F yeah. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> it was yeah. This is a good movie. Great choice for uh, Mother's Day outing because yeah. Damn. Nice. That's a good one. Gonna be good. Uh, oh, that's, that's awesome. Star Lord does the Star Lord things. Mm. Drax is as funny as ever. And of I'll, course. Because there's all this good emotional parts in there too. The little, little misties, little misty eyes. Oh my gosh. Oh. oh, that's good. Loved it. That was a great movie. So, um, yeah. That's really, I mean, I really haven't played that much time one. I finished the story. Finished the story, but I didn't there do I didn't do my 19 million dungeons like you apparently did. I <laughs> finished the story. So many like, dungeons. Well, it's a it's for coming raid coming up on Thursday, so that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm just getting I'm ready for excited. Time to go to Abris, I suppose. Time to go. But that's we that's something for another topic later because I haven't been there yet. And I was having. <laughs> I, don't know. I just know I'm going tomorrow. I literally only know two of the bosses, and they're like the ones at the back end, back right. Yeah, <laughs> all the other ones, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Literally don't know. Uh, this is probably why uh, they make us watch the videos um, in between, like before we pull. They're like, here, watch this two minute video before we pull because they can't. They don't trust us because <laughs> and that's good. That's good. That's that's, uh, that's that's correct, actually, because my ass will not watch them. <laughs> yeah, I still admittedly are, I need to I need to watch them, but I, I've got time tomorrow. It's OK. It's OK. I don't know. Well. Good luck to you on the on the first uh, evening of the Abaris. You fun. too. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Speaking of good, looking forward to it. I mean, I guess we'll just do that. Nothing beats a brew <laughs> shared between <laughs> friends. So I decided to get all topical, and I, we were like, okay, so it's the embers of Neltheri. And when you think embers, what does that sound like? Sounds to me like a little bit of a campfire. So, it does. Yeah, a little campfirey. So that's what we're drinking. We're drinking a campfire is the name of the drink. So, Allie, what do you think of this concoction? <laughs> I got issues, man. <laughs> I, got, I got issues. <laughs> I'm really tired. First off, I am tired of websites to have recipes and whatnot, but with tons of fluff in the beginning. So, so much fluff. Like, <laughs> I'm not reading it. I'm sure you spent so much time to do the fluff and I, I appreciate it. And if I had more time, I don't maybe I would. No, I'm not reading it. So I just go through fluff and ads and I finally get to it. I follow it to a T. <laughs> and does it look like the picture? No, 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 it doesn't. no. How often are these various recipes and websites they're like this drink is beautiful and, and or layered and blah, blah, blah. And it mixes and it looks just like BS <laughs> <laughs> lies. It's all lies. Stupid. I'm sorry if you were going to call for a drink to have. OK, so let's before I go on my tirade let's talk about the ingredients. All right. You start with a little, little itty bitty teaspoon of grenadine at the very bottom because apparently we keep having drinks. Our next drink will not have grenadine. I'm putting that out there now. Or blue Caraco. It's ha not. No, we're, we're taking a break next time. But you put a little bit of that. You put some ice in 
Then you mix some rum and cranberry juice. You mix it, mix it, mix. You put it in there. And then you rinse out the shaker. And then you mix in peach juice, bourbon, and fireball. Fireball. And then you mix it. You mix it, mix it, mix it. And you put it in but so, so slowly, so carefully, so it doesn't mix. I'm here to tell you that no matter how slowly you pour the damn thing in, it's going to mix. <laughs> it's going to. And I'm sorry. If you're sitting here saying cranberry juice. Okay, great. There's so many different iterations of cranberry juice. There's sugary kinds that make it lighter. And there's, we, we ended up getting like just 100% cranberry juice, unsweetened, all that jazz. So it's like a darker red. And I think that's why this drink does not work. Like, I don't know what sugary, light colored cranberry juice she was using or they were using. It's it's, it's a soccer mom website. So I'm assuming she, I could be wrong. <laughs> but anyways, it, 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 no, <laughs> it does not look beautiful campfire. My campfire has blood in it. <laughs> Mine does too. So don't worry about it. Right? <laughs> like what kind of cranberry juice did you use? Oh, same as you. I got the 100% organic, just cranberry juice. This is not cranberry yeah. juice cocktail. Now, I'm more curious about the peach juice because I had to go with the peach nectar, like Kern's can, because that was the only thing peach related I could find. I was like, OK, well, this is my, oh, we, we, this is my we choice. So I can't find it. What was it like? You know, you know, the brand that's like simply like simply lemonade, oh, simply, yeah, yeah, yeah. simply orange juice. We got he found uh, simply peach juice. I'm like, cool. Well, right. see, I didn't I did not find that. I did not find that. That's I didn't think we would, but we did. I so it was peach magical. nectar, which was apparently only 35 percent juice. So oh. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> the rest of it was water. The rest of it was there because it was oh, made from <laughs> concentrate. Man, whatever. Tastes peachy. <laughs> But yeah, the so, picture did not work out. I don't know how to layer a drink, apparently. I even tried to do the whole, like, pour over the back of the spoon thing. That didn't help. That didn't help at all. <laughs> so you got fancy and it still didn't work. No, what I did is I spilled all over my counter a little bit. I had to wipe it up because I don't have one of those fancy <laughs> spoons with the with the notch in it that you, like, put over top of the glass. I don't have one of those. Right. So I just poured it and it was just like, I'm going to go on the back of the spoon and dribble under the counter now. So <laughs> It didn't even serve its purpose. It didn't even like make a layer drink. Boo. Didn't layer. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I got, I got a hot mess. Uh, this is not embers. This is not campfire. This is just, it's red. It's red with like little hints of orange in there. Just itty bitty hints. And the itty bitty hints drop to the bottom uh, where they had the grenadine. Same. Like, doesn't work. And the, <laughs> the picture that they showed was like, oh, a little light and bright on top. Then, a little darker, and then, like, the grenadine on the bottom. Kind of the opposite is actually what happened. <laughs> right? <laughs> the peach was like, I'm going down here. We we're going down to the bottom. Yeah, well, whatever. Didn't didn't work out like the picture showed. So, question, would you make this again? No, this is a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Like, the drink is not bad. It's not bad, but you, there's using similar ingredients with or without grenadine, you could probably make a better drink. So, uh, sorry, soccermomblog.com. <laughs> That's a no for me. It's not a bad drink. Like I'm, I'm, 
not like going like, yeah, but I'm like for the amount of effort that I put into this for it to also to not look the way I was hoping for. <laughs> right. Boo. No. And ironically, it. it tastes better once you do actually mix it. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess that's like a, like a macchiato or whatever Starbucks, which you finally actually like stir it together. It's not layered anymore. It does taste better. That's why you order them upside down. Oh, really? You order them upside There's down. a trick to it. Yeah. An upside down macchiato. Yeah, you you or or your order your caramel macchiato upside down, but like the iced ones. Oh, okay. Well, look at that. It's magical. Well, we accidentally made this upside down because the peach went to the bottom. So, oh, well. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> upside down campfire. Upside down campfire. That's I don't. That might be dangerous. I guess. <laughs> It's probably bad. It's going to probably burn things. Smokey's going to get real upset. He's, it's not good. But speaking of Smokey's going to get upset, and that's not good. I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> <laughs> you got those transitions today, my goodness. I do. The transitions <laughs> are on fire. There are embers and campfires. And they're mm, so good. Speaking of which, Patreon. I'm awkward. You be awkward. There you go. <laughs> There's your transition. Oh, I'm real good at being awkward. It's fine. <laughs> hey there, listeners. We have a lot of fun around here digging into the story, dear Lord. If you like to mine the lore and go deep into the underground, why, why not support us while we tunnel through the layers? If that sounds like a rocking good time... <laughs> <laughs> I have to send this to Sniper later. My husband <laughs> like to read this. Uh, if you, if this sounds like a rocking good time, listen till the end of the episode to find out how you can keep this show and our horrible puns, aka Jen's horrible puns, <laughs> going. <laughs> yeah, I'm proud of that one. That was a good one. So uh, was, you should be proud of that one. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of proud. How am I supposed to live, laugh, love in these conditions? <laughs> Transitions. They're on point. It's so good. <laughs> I don't know. Someone should be proud of this, I guess. So we're not, actually. Because, wow. So, um, hey, we just got to talk about it just for a second. Because apparently yeah. the CMA has blocked Microsoft purchase of Activision Blizzard because it will harm cloud gaming. Does Activision Blizzard currently have any cloud gaming? No, but they're worried. Well, not that I know of, unless it's like Call of Duty something or other. Call of Duty cloud version? <laughs> gaming <laughs> is a service? That's a game. Um, but uh, I think it's just that, you know, I think they're probably more focused on Microsoft's cloud gaming stuff. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. Okay. It's stupid. I agree. It seems a little stupid. But anyway, apparently Microsoft and, and ABK are they're still committed to that deal. They're not going to let some King Charles III coronation or the CMA uh, ruin their good time. So <laughs> they have hired what this headline labeled as an EU beating lawyer. Okay. Well, I have news <laughs> for you, headline writer. The UK is not in the EU anymore. <laughs> so maybe pick a better headline <laughs> thought that was me personally yeah. 
We I don't know how many years we talked about Brexit and we kept hearing it in the news. So I just thought, wow, yeah, yeah. Just thought we we we'd uh, you know bring that up like very famously. Not EU anymore. Not that they were like 100% in the EU, but you know they had access to the markets and all that. Blah blah blah. You get the idea. But anyway, the hilarious headline aside, this apparently a UK lawyer named by the name of Daniel Beard has a history of success in dealing with EU government rulings, and so hey. They're gonna appeal it. They're gonna fight it. And hey, I no, I no. That, that's that's a, that's all the information that I can provide. Apparently, he's like said like, "Hey there, Ireland, don't do that." And then they, he got that overturned. And then he said, "Hey you, some other country, don't do that." I don't know. Maybe the EU as a whole. And he got that overturned. So hey, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's he'll have some luck in the. And this uh, CMA stuff, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. I just find it ridiculous that they're even blocking it over cloud gaming on top of it. So, like, okay, okay, all right, all right. Well, do you have any thoughts there, Allie? It's stupid. Yeah, <laughs> I think at one point when they first brought up when CMA brought up the whole, oh, what about cloud gaming? If I remember right, I read somewhere that Microsoft told them they're it's not going to be on the cloud gaming, like. No Activision Blizzard games are going to be on our cloud gaming system or whatever. I don't, I don't, that was a while ago, so that may have changed. I don't know. But all that to say, this is stupid. I'm sure Sony is rejoicing, but this is stupid. And I think both Microsoft and Activision Blizzard really are committed to trying to finish this deal. I think if it falls through, Microsoft still has to pay Activision Blizzard a little bit of money. Yeah, yeah they do. I read that. Yeah. Mike probably doesn't want to do that if they're not going to actually own the thing. So they're probably going to really push for this to be fixed. Yeah, and if it's uh, if it's enough money, they will probably take it to court and say, "Oh, well, it was outside of our control." And Activision's going to be like, "Well, you should have done your due diligence before you even offered it." And then they probably would have said that. Well, you were a little bit on shaky grounds there, buddy. And uh, there's a reason that you were uh, able to say, yes, please sell. Uh, <laughs> you had a little bit of a an issue going on at the time. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Who freaking knows where, where this is going to go? I don't right. Know. And I find it a little, I just, I don't, I'm, I'm clearly not a international gaming CEO chief, because I'm over here going, well, how can the UK stop it from going through for everyone? I don't know. I just, I don't know. It seems weird. It seems weird. Yeah, it is. It is. Seems weird. I don't get it. I don't get it, but we were just talking about it because I don't get it. And um, yeah. Any other thoughts before we move on to something else that I, well, actually, I do get, but. <laughs> We should, we should, we should move on to embers of in the caves, and I, I can't do transitions like you tonight. Apparently, we should move on. Okay, let's let's move on. <laughs> Speaking of horrible transitions, let's move on. What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? What you what you what you talking about? Well, simple one time. It is. Everyone knows simple one time. Hey, it's here. It's live. We've been playing it. I've even played it. As busy as my ass has been. I've even been playing it. It's been fun. So, it's time to dive into the story so far and find out what's really going on. 
Okay, we're not going to cover all the details of what has happened in the story. We're not going to go over that. No. We're not going to cover beat by beat. Right? You already played it. We're just going to cover the important points. And really dive in. Right? We're just gonna figure out what's going on here. Okay? But, if you haven't had a chance to play through it, this is your warning. Okay? If you're, you know, if you're a little behind and you would still like to play through the whole story because we will ruin pretty much all the really cool points. So keep that in mind uh, before you continue listening. So here is your warning. Five, four, three, two, one. Turn it off. Seriously, turn it off because I'm going to ruin it for you. I don't, I don't know why you got to do it in front of the kid with the effing. All you got to do is say earmuffs to him. Earmuffs. Yes. There's your spoiler warning. So, okay. But if you're still here, hey, thanks for listening. I appreciate that. Here we go. We're going to be working through the first four chapters available during the first week. Technically, the first one was already available, which I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. First one actually came out with 1007 is actually where you played through that. If you go through, it's very interesting. Uh, okay. So there you go. That's what we're going to go through. We're going to quickly kind of run through the events that happen in the first four chapters. On board? We good? Yeah. Perfect. Well, the name of the first chapter is Extend Our Reach. See, they're good at puns, too. See? <laughs> they are. <hurt. laughs> it's because here, and, I, and this isn't really reading the adventure journal like we are in, in Dungeon Fables mode, but this <laughs> is, I, I'm, like I said, I'm doing a little, little bit of something different today. We are actually reading the exact text. Out of the campaign little notes, right? So if you open up the quest log and you click on the little book and it gives you a little explanation of everything you've, you've played through, that's what we're reading through today, right? A lot of people don't even know that's there, but it's there. <laughs> so here is what it says for the first chapter. The Drakthir have returned to the Forbidden Reach. You were summoned there to speak with Viridia of the Healing Wings. Her Drakthir needed her help rebuilding a Tuscar village fending off raiders, and creating a refuge for all who would live there. That's all it says. That's all it says. That's, that's it. I'm only bringing this up to point out that's what that thing says, because we already talked about it in a previous episode. We listened to the whole freaking cutscene. It was great. We loved it. And the cutscene was like, Hey man, Emberthal, you're doing great. Um, you like went against your training, and you didn't do the thing where you like tried to like kill a bunch of Drakthir just to get to Sarkarath. So good on you. That's that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Emberthal, she's doing a good job. She's doing a good job. Any thoughts on this before we move on? Because no, this was a little weird. We already talked about this, so we're just gonna jump right past it. If you don't have any additional thoughts, yeah, no, I think it's a good. I actually didn't realize that that was actually considered the first chapter of Ten One. Yeah, I didn't either. And I think it's kind of cool. I think, yeah, I think it's kind of cool that uh, the point seven patches are now probably going to be the first chapter of the the story which is kind of a nice lead in, right? You get to do the first chapter. So technically, with the first, with the release of Ted one, you only got three chapters because you already did the first one. It's true. Yeah, I think that's really, that's really cool. It gives it a lot of breathing room and you can also feel like if you say you didn't get done with what you wanted from the vaults, you can go back and still feel like you're doing current content. Yeah. I hope they stick with this paradigm. Right? I, I like that where it kind of gives you a little taste of what's to come. But it's pretty yeah. Cool. Now, here's the second chapter. Allie, take it away. Here are the adventure notes. I don't know what you would call that. 
Adventure notes. <laughs> so this chapter is called Breaking Ground. And the adventure notes say, <laughs> The incarnates have made their move, leading Alexstrasza to call upon you and the Black Dragonflight for aid. The incarnates have blasted a hole and opened the way into caves far beneath the Dragon Isles. Barak has entered the cave without the other incarnates. Abyssian, Sibelian, Rathion, and you have been asked to pursue him. Yeah, that is absolutely what's going on. Okay, so really important. First thing we got to discuss here. What was what? what what's what do you th- actually think Eridicron's plan was? Um, chaos, <laughs> wanting to get whatever power he thought was down there for some reason or something. At this at this point, that's what I was thinking. Okay. So the reason I even ask is because so far, the only really stuff that we've got from the Incarnates was the first little video, right? After Razagath's death, and they went to the Forbidden Reach, right? And uh, Viranoth was like, oh, the storms have receded, and she seemed genuinely sad. And Farak was like, eating the hearts of her murder. That's what he said. I remember that. <laughs> eating hearts. <laughs> <weird>. <laughs> and a was like, she was being stupid. Which is it's funny if you think about that. Because her whole plan was to let the, th- the other three out. Right? That was what she was doing. And Ritacron's yeah. making fun of her for that. He was like, her overconfidence was her downfall. Right. Was well, she really being overconfident if her whole plan was to get back up? I don't know. Well, may- he probably just doesn't agree with the way she went about it. Probably. And he feels like he would go about it in some different way and not get killed in the process. Yeah, I mean, that's probably what he is thinking. But he, he definitely comes off kind of the asshole of the group. A wee bit, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's why I wanted to even bring this up here, because it's like, okay, there's a good chance he knows about the Shadow Flame that's down there, right? Because he's pretty much kind of told I mean, him. Yeah, like, I, th- I think that makes sense. And, like, all we know is, like, he told... Fr- he didn't even say if he was going to go down himself, like... He just told Farrakh to go feast and awake the elders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, he's like, yep, you're going to go down there. You're going to go have a good snacky snack. You're going to, you're going to, I think he specifically said, you're going to feast upon the elemental flames or whatever. Right. He just said the elemental power. That, right. I wonder if he knew that that was actually the shadow flame. And my guess is he did know. Possibly. Did he also know that the shadow flame was what corrupted Deathwing? I don't know, because I'm, I'm curious to know, like, how he found out about the Shadow Flame and if he knows what happened to Neltharion. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of unknowns right now. It's just the vibe I was getting from a Ritacron after rewatching it a couple times, thinking about it and comparing it to the first one to how he seemed a little uncaring about Razagath and also how... Alex Straza said Eridicron was the one that she basically said they, the others probably don't even know how all the deals and how deep his depravity went, right? So he's probably making plans that he's not letting the other two in on. That he seems like the type to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of feels like his plan was to sacrifice for rock to the Shadowflame. Because if it was just like, oh, there's a bunch of fire down there and this like molten lava. 
you go you go be you, man, but Shadow Flame's a whole nother <laughs> it's a whole nother, another ball of wax, right? That's That's true. That's true. That's like, alright, you're gonna go ahead and go get supercharged on a bunch of voidy badness. And you're basically gonna go completely nuts. Almost certainly is what's actually gonna happen. And like the void and or the old god whispers are gonna mess start messing with you. So uh I guess it's been nice knowing you for rock, but Good job uh, creating a big distraction for what we've got planned next. Yeah, basically. So that was kind of my take on it. Like, what are you, what are your thoughts beyond that with this first kind of getting in there and breaking ground? Because not, not a ton happened in the first chapter. Yeah, nothing, not, not a whole lot. Nothing that you know surprised me really. So I mean, it was it was kind of interesting to see. So when we do like. Alcatraz calls upon us and the other Black Dragonflight members. It was kind of like watching Rathion kind of chill off the side with a book. Yeah. yeah and Abyssian and Sibelian doing another thing, like, and the whole Abyssian telling them to wait. Yeah. And they didn't wait. <laughs> no, of course And not. then <laughs> Abyssian, we shows up later, like, I told you guys to wait. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> like, let's... Like, but no, no real additional, long. no real additional thoughts on that. It was... At this point, I just I want to know what Eridicron is actually up to. Yeah. And honestly, the one thing that is actually super interesting about this whole patch, especially this patch, but really this whole expansion as a whole, it seems really weird that the entire, all the rest of the Dragonflights are just cool with the Black Dragonflights again. They're just going to be like, okay, we had our differences. The bad guy's dead. We killed him. Right? You're not, we, you know, this young buck Rathian over there helped deal with the, you know, the Latin Nazoth, but it was really messing with y'all. So you're not hearing the weird whispers anymore, so come on back. Come on back into the fold. Right? It just kind of goes to show that Alex Raza, well, she still remembers that Sibelian was, as she pointed out, working with Deathwing. <laughs> She's like, oh, I'm not going to forget that one. Yeah. She is definitely forgiving. Right? It's just, I mean, obviously, Abyssian, he's kind of got a pass because he, he kind of hit out the entire time. Yeah. Rathian, he's new. <laughs> right? Literally, the, the red dragon flight bred him to be that way. But Sibelian, I don't know. And all the others that he brought with, they were corrupted. Like, very corrupted. <laughs> so. It's just, I don't know. Like I said, it's just, it's interesting that not only are the characters in the game, like Alex Straza and all the others, are just cool with it. The player base is like, eh, Black Dragon Flight's back, man. Yeah. The boys are back in town. Right. All right. It's interesting how they managed to pull that off. No one seems to be like making a fuss about it. Yeah. I, I actually had not, I did consider the whole notion of, them all being together up there on top of the tower, you know? But it was also different because, like, Ysera is not there. Nazdorm was too busy not being able to see anything. <laughs> you know, Caligos, you know, it was Malagos back in the day. So, like, I don't know if maybe Alex Straza just has convinced them to be cool about it, or if they really are, because... It was interesting to see them all up there together, just chilling at the top of the tower. Yeah. 
Like, I am kind of jumping the gun a little bit, but the reason why I was even thinking about that is the way that the this whole, the I guess the fourth chapter ends, um, where Alex Shaw is like, whoa, 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 whoa. You guys, <laughs> you're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, hmm, it is interesting that they're just like, yeah, no, the black dragonfly, they'll, uh, they'll serve their need. They'll, they'll, they'll do their part. And they're, they're all back. Right. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's just all the whole, yeah, we got to light the oath stones. We got to get our aspectral powers back, but I don't know. Interesting. So, yeah. Well, let's see. Anything else before we jump into the next chapter? I would rather dive in. Okay. <laughs> Deep. Deep. Because caverns and stuff. <laughs> We're going to spelunk right in to this next one. That's such a great word. Spelunking. Spelunking. Yes, it really is. Well, all right. So the Sundered Legacy is the third chapter. All right. This one goes, Abyssian and Emberthal arrive in Loam, pursuing the Sundered Flame to discover their purpose in the caves. Zabellian and Rathian are caught up in their own plans, but Abyssian and you are ready to aid her. The Sunderflame are looking for Aberus, Neltharion's secret laboratory from ages past. They have already found clues in a Titan vault. The race is on to stop Sarkareth before he unlocks its secrets. You've reached the vault, but Sarkareth and the Sunderflame are already inside. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, the way they do this, the, the little notes about what happened, it feels like as you unlock parts of the story, more of the little stuff gets written in there, like... Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> right? All right. But before we really get into this, I think this is the one where we really got it. We got to listen to the telecat scene. We just, we got it. Because. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So let's go ahead and listen to this and then we'll talk about it on the other side. No! Oathbinder is mine! Is this why you came here? To enslave us again with Neltharion's devices? That's how you would create unity? Done! Our father calls to us, Emberthal. Can you not hear Neltharion drawing us to Aberus, telling us to take what is ours? You are not well, Sakareth. Come with me. Perhaps Abyssian can. No! I will claim the legacy we were promised! Vox, initiate transport! Coordinates confirmed. Initiating transport. He's gone. I have accomplished nothing. This is not over yet. Do you know where he has gone? Abyssian. He said he's hearing Neltharion's voice. He's going to Aberus. Whispers in the dark. This may be worse than I had imagined. But at least the Drakthir here are no longer under his control. All right. So, first off, Sargrath. He found Oathbinder, and he tried to use it. Okay. This this is where I was like, okay, this is getting, this is getting a little weird, a little interesting. Obviously, Sargrath has kind of gone off the deep end. Yes. Especially because, let's rewind the clock a little bit, right? Back to chapter one, 
where Emberthal didn't try and kill a bunch of uh, Drakthir to go after Sargrith, right? What did Sargrith say? Well, it was his whole plan. Like, what was he doing? He said he was looking for a purpose. The Drakthir's purpose, right? That's what he was searching for. So you're telling me the Drakthir's purpose is to serve you? That seems like you're a piece of shit. <laughs> that's, that's, he's he's going to make them serve him until he finds their purpose. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, to me, it's like he was talking with a bunch of flowery words saying like, Emberthal, we got to find our purpose. But really, it turns out, no. He's like, no, nah, I don't need a purpose. I, I'm going to have an army that serves me my every whim, and I'm going to be the new Naltharian. That seemed to me like he just wanted to take Naltharian's place as the Drakthir's general. Which I'm like, okay, maybe that's your purpose. And I, according to you and your thought process, the rest of the Drakthir's purpose is to just do whatever you say. Kind of messed up, dude. Well, and he, that is either that or he didn't go. I kind of wonder if he didn't go into the caverns with that thought of, you know, binding all the other drag there to his will and making them serve his purpose that he thinks is his purpose, but that he just was hoping in general to find some kind of purpose. But during that bit, he talks about how he's like, what does he say? Our father calls to us, Emberthal. Can you not hear Neltharion drawing us to Avarice, telling us to take what is ours? So he's sitting here saying, like, can you not hear Neltharion drawing us to Avarice? So, so is he actually, is he hearing Neltharion? Is he hearing the whispers, the same ones that drove him mad or drove Neltharion mad? The same ones that the other Black Dragonflight members during this questline talk about hearing. Yeah. All of them talk about it. Like, I'm wondering if he showed up just hoping to find his purpose, whatever it might be, whatever Neltharion may have left for him. He starts hearing all these whispers, blah, 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 blah. They drive him mad. It kind of guides him to the Oathbinder. And then he's like, aha, I have the power. And yeah. Emberthal basically slapped him when she broke it. And yeah. <laughs> And he's like, you had no rights. She's like, F you, I had every right. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing that I thought was very interesting about that. First thing that we heard about the whole Oathbinder and Razagath breaking it and all that was that Adamanthia wrote that there was no amount of order magic that would basically fix them. Right? But yet we have Oathbinder intact. So obviously... Neltharion probably fixed it at some point. Got it back up and running and operational. Right, yeah. And I was kind of like, hmm, is Adamanthia right? Or what's going on with that? And I think Adam, actually, I think actually Adamanthia was correct. Because when, you know, when he flipped on Oathbinder, Emberthal was unable to act, but she didn't attack us. So... If you think about it, it's like she was probably fighting against it. She was probably resisting. Sure, it's still it's a Titan relic and probably incredibly powerful, but she didn't just turn go back into like, oh yes, whatever you say, General. Right, you're my general. I do whatever you say. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, I thought that was a interesting to point out that yeah, no, I think yeah, it, it didn't matter what Sarkarith really did. Yeah, he could 
mess with the Drakthir. You could probably eventually get them to listen to him if he continued to use the Oathbinder, but I don't think anyone, I don't think all of them would have ever really truly gone back into perfect soldier mode. I don't think so. Plus, is it a case of a relic that needs to be properly attuned to the user? Like, can, so, so the Oathbinder is used to enslave the Drakthir. So can the Drakthir actually use it? <laughs> to to its full potential? I, I I'm guessing not. I guess we'll never know either. Nope. Because <laughs> it's been <laughs> Not <fished>. now. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess we could eventually find out because, well, it's been repaired at least once before. Right. You know, Drakthir might be interested in it. Who knows? Well, maybe crappy Drakthir would be interested in it because... Emberthal is, uh, she's got something to say about that when she, uh, talks to Rathian, which we'll get to that in just a second. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, we already kind of talked about this when I got the notes is so obviously Deathwing, he repaired Oathbinder and I just think it's interesting that he, he had repaired Oathbinder, but the damage clearly was already done. So he never used it again. He just left the drag there locked up in the vaults. Right. So I just think it's, I think that's, I think that's an interesting little tidbit to know that yeah. He fixed his toy, but it's, I don't know. It wasn't the same. It just wasn't the same. So he had to leave all the drag there locked up. Let's go ahead and jump into our second cutscene. A little bit of aftermath of all that. And um, kind of realized that uh, apparently Rathion and a civilian are kind of a little, need some growing up to do too. Ah, my good friends. What treasures have you brought me? Ignore him. He has no claim to my father's possessions. Is that truly the matter at hand? Who is the rightful heir to a legacy of deceit, control, and fear? So you did find something. We did. And I destroyed it. You had no right. I had every right. So long as that device existed, my people would never be free. What has she done? While you two bicker like petulant whelps, she did what was right for her people. Let go of the past. Your flight needs you here and now. So what did you think I really, about that one? It, uh, so, I will admit, between the... I, the belly in my book is sus. Okay, like, he showed... Since the moment he showed up, I, I did not trust this guy. I was... Team Rathian. But they do a good job with the quest line and giving you chances to kind of have those moments with Sibelian. To kind of bond a little bit. See, maybe, maybe he's not so sus. Maybe he's okay. And you get also get the moments, and maybe this happens later. I might be, I'm sorry if I'm jumping the gun here. Um, but you get moments where because you're hanging out with with all all of them, right? You kind of see those moments like this, like Rathion sounded like a little shit <laughs> here. He sounded like he definitely sounded like a teenage whelp. Like that's what he sounded like. And so he, even though I'm team Rathion, like you started to see like why they, the others kind of see him as this like annoying whelp. And that was really interesting. And I started to be like, maybe Sibelian's all right. And then this happened <laughs> when I'm sorry, Emberthal had every damn right 
to destroy the Oathbinder after what was done to the Draxir. And the fact that Sibelian's like, you had no right. Like, dude, she was, the Draxir are the only ones who had the right. Like, you had no right to that thing. Like, it was used for so many horrible things. Like, I, uh, I was so frustrated. I'm like, okay, no, I'm, it's okay, Sibelian. It's, I, I, but yeah. The fact that Abyssian basically told them both, like, knock it off. Stop your fighting. This is stupid. Like, the way Abyssian handled that situation was fantastic. And I was already, once Abyssian started entering back into the scene and stuff, like, I was our all Team Abyssian. Like, screw Sibelian and Rathian, like, oh, Team yeah. Abyssian all the way. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, this whole cutscene made me go. Why are these two fighting for the role of aspect? Because I, I already found my aspect, right? Right. I, I already know who actually should be the aspect. Because he may not want it, but usually that's the one who's going to be better at it. Because they're not going to become this power hungry asshole. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's definitely not the power hungry asshole. And Abyssian is, a, in my opinion, the perfect candidate because he was always, always from pretty much the beginning ashamed of his family's legacy. He was like, nope, nah, I'm not doing any of that. I'm going to go hide in High Mountain. That's, that's I'm going to be, I'm going to be Evan Horde. And that is who I am. I am not Abyssian. Hey, I'm Black Dragon. He served a uh, whole sorts of different um, chieftains uh, of, the, of the, the, the High Mountain Torrent. Yeah, yeah. And he just never aged for reasons. <laughs> <laughs> so he just, he just hid out there and it was fine. He's the only one that's basically pointing out, like, you two are literally concerned about a trinket. Right? Right. Yeah. When that was actually what was used to straight up enslave the Drakthir. That's your concern? That she broke it? Okay. You guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> they Well, they really do. Like, so as... As you start getting ready to move on to the next part, you, you get ready to start the next quest. You're talking to Sibelian. Sibelian says at the start of the next quest, if you are finished indulging Abyssian's associate, I would have us return to more pressing matters. Like you can hear how little respect or care he has for the drag there. Yeah. Like when you're done indulging Abyssian's associates. <laughs> Yeah, that's... We're going to do more pressing matters because this doesn't matter. She broke my toy. And I don't like it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I don't like her. Yeah. And since we're not really, I don't have any notes about it, so we're not going to really dive into it. I think it's worth to, to fast forward a little bit in the quest line and talk about kind of what, a little bit what happens next because we're mostly going to talk about what happened in the end. Good plan, Sibelian. You thought a spear <laughs> was going to kill Farak? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean just seemed I don't know it just seemed a little like really really bro <laughs> that was your big plan <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw a big spear at him you, okay you don't you don't think anyone else has thought of that <laughs> right including for rockets like really <laughs> you you think the the Jardin would be working with me if their little spears worked? Huh? They would have killed my ass. Yeah. 
come on, dude. <laughs> oh, that was that's, that's funny. So, I mean, it's, it's about it. He was like, he's like, all right, we're gonna throw this spear. What? And and obviously me, I played the role of the stupid warrior. I was like, yeah, let's throw that spear. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even click on the well what happens if it doesn't work I was like no it's totally gonna work <laughs> <laughs> I did click on it but I don't remember what it actually said yeah I don't know Sibeli was probably like no oh, no it's totally gonna work don't worry about it totally work full for play 100% <laughs> that's entirely possible that is probably what he said I don't know what he said I didn't click on it alright you wanna jump into this final chapter where we will probably <laughs> talk a whole lot honestly most of the conversation is going to be around yep <laughs> so this one is called the ancient bargain and the adventure notes say Sibelian has determined the most likely place to find Farak and has asked that you join the hunt in the Zakali caldera how we say that yeah I think that's how that we're saying it right investigating the caldera has revealed the Jaradin are trying to awaken their elders from ancient slumber, and the primalists are aiding them. Brock has been bathing in the shadow flame, absorbing its power. Sibelian was struck by the shadow flame, but Abyssian believes he can cure the injury with your help. Urged on by his losses against Farak, Sibelian uses a Jaradin weapon to attack the incarnate. The attack failed. Yep. Jaradin struck down Abyssian, and Farak attacked the town of Loam. Now both Abyssian and Loam need your help. The fires in Loam have been extinguished, but the time has come to inform Alexstrasza of what happened. Yep. There is your primer of basically what happened. Yeah, that's... There you go. Now, let's go ahead and talk to Alexstrasza. <clears throat> the situation is dire, Queen Alexstrasza. We pursued Farrakh to a great cauldron below. A font of elemental fire. He consumed the energies within and emerged, wreathed in shadow flame. Shadow flame? We cannot risk losing you to its corruption. The other flights will hunt Farak and work to stop the sundered flame. You cannot return to Zaralek. Respectfully, Lifebinder. It was Deathwing who fell to that corruption. I believe that we have the strength to resist what lies below. All of you? This is our battle to fight. The world must be shown that the Black Dragonflight can bear its responsibilities. Very well. When you are ready, return to Zaralek. May the true spirit of the Earth Warder guide you. All right, before I jump into these questions or things that I wrote on this note, I think another reason why Abyssian has my vote for Aspect is he definitely seems to be like, look, we got a sordid past. We got a problem as a black dragonflight. I would like to do my part to try and clean up the mess that we made. At least do some part like we don't want to just be sitting up here going like well since my daddy got all corrupted i'm gonna get corrupted so i have to sit up here in the seat of power or whatever and i'm not allowed to go back in the cave mm. oh queenie said so can't go down there and i just think it's 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 kind of cool that abyssian is like um 
you know, regardless of whether what the risk may be, we have to do a part. We actually have to step up as a flight and, you know, be a part of this whole thing. Yeah. Not just not just sit back and, you know, mm, well, sorry. I guess we're the we're the dragonflight that gets corrupted a lot, so we can't help. So I don't know. As as I was listening to that, you know, that's just, that's, what, that's what struck me. Yeah, I think it's good. Well, and I think another example of why he'd be good too is, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the Belian, Rathian, and Abyssian were all throughout the questline talking about how they were hearing the whispers. You know, at one point Abyssian was talking about how like when the whispers grew louder for him, like they're being they're being very self aware of them, and the fact that they're aware of them is good because it helped them fight more. And fight, you know, not give in to the whispers. But not only did are they very aware of it, but Abyssian's being very open about when they grew louder. And he even checked on Sibelian about it, like, and the other guys and how they're faring whispers. Like, that's another good sign of of a leader. Like the fact that he can, you know, it's, he's not so self-centered that he's only thinking about his struggles with the whispers, like he's checking in on them too. Right. Which is really good. Yeah, and he, I think it was even at one point, he would point, like, was helping the others saying, like, hey, when you turn into dragon form, you really hear it. But when you're, like, in your visage form, not as bad. So, well, it's, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, let's walk through this <laughs> as, uh, as, like, this most of the time. So, they can, uh, so yeah, he was, he was doing that. Now, I got all sorts of questions about this whole thing. Because obviously, I think the whole concept of Shadow Flame and all that has been around since classic, right? I think Shadow Flame was a thing that uh, Nefarian was dealing with and things along those lines. I think that's right. But do we even actually know what Shadow Flame even really is? Not in a factual sense. Well, what do you, what do you think it is? I think it's fire. It's been corrupted by old gods. Okay, so if the Zerlac Caverns is got a whole font of shadow flame just supposedly naturally occurring. Are we saying that somehow this was linked to uh, old god somewhere? I mean, I th- I think so. Either through, you know, concentrated means from an old god or whatever, or just the fact that Azeroth itself has had old gods embedded in her and imprisoned, you know, in the deep dark places and... Maybe somehow some old god juju just seeped in to that deep in the surface and got into some of the fire. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, what do you think? I don't know. With all this talk about how there's a fifth old god, there's maybe even a sixth old god. Right. Right. But also at the same time, you know, Abyssian and all them, they can, you know, Sibelian, they, they can walk around. They, they're sure they're hearing whispers, but they're hearing whispers of Neltharian. So I guess the question is, are we, are they hearing those whispers because of old remnants of old god Juju? Or are they hearing whispers because of all of the crap that Neltharian left laying around there? Like all of the little artifacts and the doohickeys that do the little hologram of <laughs> Neltharian. Do hickeys? I, I mean, it could be a little bit of both, honestly. I mean, because we do go around and find some of those do hickeys and whatnot, but I don't see why they wouldn't be hearing potential actual Olga whispers, not just Neltharian in their ears. Maybe it just seems like 
something, maybe in the vicinity and that general area where Farak is taking a friggin' sauna bath or whatever. There's something old god related in the area, is what I guess what I'm getting at. That would be my guess and trying to figure out like why would a massive amount of fire and shadow flame be just just right there? This is this just this is right there. I don't know. I don't know, but if you look if you go under like where it coalesces and you look up, it looks really, really cool. <laughs> like all comes together and it's like swirling around and it's not like I was talking to with Gershon about this from Thrall's Balls and it it's there's like a little like stone cap where it like coalesces underneath. It's not the actual cavern ceiling. It's like this other little stone cap something or other. I don't know. But like the way it all just swirls around and coalesces up there. By the time it gets to the top, it like looks extra shadowy. So I, I don't know, but it looks really cool. And if you haven't looked up, you should look up. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> I've definitely looked up. Um, I don't know if I've gone right underneath it, though. So now this is this is this is random, but it's worth bringing up, especially because there may be some weirdness, whatever, with possible elemental lord stuff coming back. I don't know. The reason I even have this in the notes is so the shadow flame, all that kind of stuff. And we're deep in the earth. Lots of fire, lots of magma, right? Could it somehow be related to Ragnaros and the fact that the old gods had him enslaved? Maybe. Because they did, you know, during initial questing of Dragonflight, we did have that point where we went to, you know, the Black Empire and actively saw some of that battle between the elemental lords and the old gods. So, I mean, if they if they chose to show us that for a reason... And maybe this is one of the reasons that that could potentially be a thing. Okay. I'm just checking to see if I'm crazy or not. <laughs> like, like part of me thinks that might be a little bit of a stretch, but then part of me is like, maybe there's something to that. I don't know. Oh, it's it's definitely a stretch, but sometimes weird stretches are correct. But I mean, oh, gods have weird stretches sometimes. They got a lot of tentacles. Their tentacles just go everywhere. They go all over the place. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. <laughs> Now I'm thinking of the green I'm sexy and I know it song. Wiggle, 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 wiggle. <laughs> wiggle, wiggle, yeah. wiggle, wiggle. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Interesting question now. The next question. So Abyssian. He's like, yeah, I can, I can resist the corruption. Why, why, why does Abyssian think he's able to resist the corruption? Especially if we remember back to Battle for Azeroth when he was like, nah, I can't do it. It's too, it's too powerful. And it was Rathian that had to like fix that for him maybe during that time he realized how strong he was and how he is capable of resisting it and he has a lot of confidence now and and he can do it i don't, maybe, I don't know maybe it was whatever <laughs> rathian did I, I actually don't even remember i think he was like oh drink this potion or some child because for us it was like here here's a cloak here's a cloak right I don't remember, I don't remember old Ebonhorn getting a cloak. So, um, I don't think, uh, I don't think it was a cloak. Could be something else, though. I, don't, I literally don't remember what he did. Could be a little uh, bit. Did, you mentioned potion that ringed, a, that, that a bell went off in my head. I think it might have been something like that. Rang, rang it, it, it did. Yep. 
It ranged. <laughs> yeah. I think it, I don't know. I, I happen to remember something along the lines of like, oh, there's like a bell. Not bell. I'm talking about, oh, ring a bell. I'm talking about bells. <laughs> <laughs> I think it had something to do with a potion, if I, if I remember correctly. So, hey, maybe he's all better now. Maybe he's a, he took a potion of mind shielding or something like that. I don't know. All right. So, what is with the, all the voices? I really want to know. Like, what the heck is with all the voices? Now, is this is this really just the Neltharian that they're hearing? Right? Is even even Sarkarath could hear it. Right? Sarkarath was like, it's, "Oh man, don't you hear Daddy calling?" What is this? Just saying, "Come to Avarice." I'm just curious to know. What do you think is the corrupting influence of these voices? What what, what are they? could possibly be telling them to do other than I guess go well, to Abris. I think one of the first questions is is it Neltharian or like some kind of you know remnants of Neltharian's power or something or is it old gods and maybe they're making it feel like it's Neltharian at least to at least to Sarkrath. yeah yeah that's, that's kind of what I've been wondering this whole time is why so you get the whispers, right? I don't think this is some like Syndragosa Simulacrum whispers that are doing this, like you know. But Neltharian, obviously. So I'm just like, is this? I don't know. I'm I'm confused as where, where these whispers could be doing because it does feel like it's not Neltharian. It absolutely feels like it's the old god, right? And it kind of is interesting to me too, especially because it's like. And this, I'm getting like vibes of BFA where they're like, it's not an old guy expansion, right? It's not an old guy expansion too. Because <laughs> there was like a uh, uh, an interview at one point where they're, uh, Stevie D, you know, classic Stevie D, said the influence of the old gods uh, on Azeroth had diminished. Didn't say it was gone, but they diminished. But suppose if you're saying that they go deep down, deep, deep, way, way deep, deep down, like in office, office space, deep deeper and deeper right into the Zerlite caverns <laughs> right I guess that's where you'd start hearing some old gods right it's like yeah. the, the further down you go into where you know the old gods were nestled in their snug as a bug as a rug in the caverns I suppose <laughs> that's where you're gonna hear them especially if they were diminished so yeah I don't know like, like you think are you thinking what I'm thinking? And then there's an old god somewhere involved in Zerlac Caverns. And even I would not be surprised. Or if not, like in the caverns and like somewhere in the vicinity. Well, actually, it's a, it's a, now that I'm thinking about it, usually, what do we find when there are old gods around? Titan facilities. Yeah, Exactly. What was the little thing that Sarkarath was using? It was a Titan facility. Titan facility, and it was Vox, right? So, plus we have the other Titan facility of being Tearhold. Mm-hmm. So, I think there might be an old god down here, especially with Shadow Flame seeping out all over the place, and people hearing whispers, especially these black dragons. And Sarkarath, Sarkarath obviously. Seems like, hmm. Maybe this is an old god experience. <laughs> we just 
We're like, we're led to believe that, oh, this is an old guy's expansion. This is a dragon expansion. We deal with the dragons. We're going to go deal with Galakron, which apparently, in an interview recently, like, was really pretend one was coming out. Galakron was bantered about, like, like offhand. So it's like, Galakron, too? Maybe Galakron, an old god, like, old god Galakron? What the hell? I don't know. I need to. I think that came out in the that WoW cast. Thing, yeah, it was the WoW cast. Yeah. yeah, which I have not. Admittedly, I've, I'm a really bad lore podcaster. I've not had a chance to actually watch that yet. Yeah, it was very offhanded. They didn't get into it. It was just like, oh, oh yeah, Gal- everyone loves Galakron, right? Galakron. Oh, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> good lord, <laughs> what are you guys doing? Yeah, I know to some us? some theorist theorist people in the lore community like took that and ran with it. So, yeah, I, and. I mean, maybe, maybe. I mean, they were very much like, oh, oh Galagram. Mm, that is cool. What? <laughs> what are you saying? And now I can I can see where they might get there, right? Because we already talked about Tyr. And now Tyr was like, oh, yeah, they're the waters. They drink the waters, and that's not good. So we had to purify the waters, right? The halls of infusion. The whole freaking dungeon. Yeah, dungeon. <laughs> and I don't know. I just think it's weird. It's freaking weird. I think there's a uh, yeah. There he is. I think that's my current thought process is that yeah, there's an old god around the Zerlac Caverns. At least yeah, probably imprisoned or maybe that's why Vox was even created or whatever that freaking place is. I just know Sarkarath kept calling it. Uh, no, Nalik, no, something. I have written down my notes. No, somewhere. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. No, how do you say this? Oh, it was super Nalk weird. Skull? Like Nalk Skull or something? Yeah, yeah, he, that's, that is what apparently Deathwing or m- mouthful. was calling it. Nalk Skull. Right. But that's clearly not the actual Titan facility name. That's just what Deathwing was probably calling it. <sighs> so, those are the questions that I had. That's what I had. Do you have any other thoughts? Quest- like, how did you feel about the storyline so far before whatever is going to be released. I don't know. Tonight, today, <laughs> as we're recording this. Yeah, I got released today. I've not done any of it yet. So yeah, I haven't done it either. Um, it was good. I did. I did find it interesting. You know, go back to Galakron for a moment. Like we had the whole, you know, Galakron was all consuming dragons and stuff to get his power and whatnot, right? And then we had Farak, who had his crazy straw in the lava and was going yum, 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 sip, 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 right? So he's, he's eating up the lava. So he's eating things, getting more powerful and whatnot. Being a complete jerk face, bring loam and just poor Niffin. Yep. Stupid. Stupid. Um, yeah, I was, I, I, I was getting a little, little worked out, a little, little I get a little sad with uh, the old, old honeypot and, and her helper. A Bryn something, I don't remember. And I like this hat, too. Her little helper's hat. That's true. It's the, like the really big one. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I was sad. I was um, sad. I like, I like that guy. It was cool. It was cool. But in addition to that, we also had actually in Nalk School. Um, like in that hall, did you see what was on the side of the hall? I Did you look at it I at all? Clearly missed it. So there's a various relics and whatnot, and there's actually placards underneath that told you what they were. So there was a fragment of Galakron's claw. Hmm. 
a fragment of the boulder that killed Galakrond. <laughs> and a uh, and it said um, that the the fragment the sorry the the boulder the fragment of the boulder that killed Galakrond was so it can serve as a reminder to always adapt when faced with seemingly insurmountable problems. And there was also a proto-Drake eggshell. And it was there as a reminder to never forget how far we've come and what we dragons have achieved. And then there was the last one, but that little alcove was actually empty. And the placard said, a trinket favored by Nazdormu. We have lost track of when it is as well as where. Huh. So, but point being like, there are two Galakron related things in there. Yeah. So it's like, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. And obviously, you know, they're usually don't remind folks of old characters for, you know, for no reason at all. And the fact that they like retold the story of Galakron and, um, you know, the legacy short kind of leads me to believe like maybe Galakron will come back somehow though. So. Yeah. Maybe. How would you, how would you feel about them bringing back Galakron? I guess it would depend on how they did it. Right. Yeah. If it was a resurrection thing, I think that would be kind of cheesy and dorky. Agreed. But I think it would also be pretty hilarious and, and really cool. <laughs> if it was the infinite dragon flight that brought him back from the past. <laughs> That, I mean, that feels like a more natural way, honestly, than the cheesy, we're going to resurrect you, just like Neltharian or Nefarian did with, uh, or whatever that was, Anixia, with, yeah. with Anixia and Barry. It was a funny fight yeah. mechanic. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it was just like, I feel like it would be a cheesy cop out in almost lazy writing if it was the typical, we're going to resurrect Galakron, unless. Unless it was old gods doing it. And Galakron was actually like Galakron, but like old goddish and had like tentacles and everything. So make Galakron look like Galakron as described in the book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Eyeballs and weird little protodrake hands everywhere. <laughs> right. It was yeah. a freak show. Like, <laughs> and have it be like an old god, like amalgamation of something like that that feels okay, but I think as well because there have been hints that we're getting some infinite time uh, Drake stuff. Like you actually might be onto something. They might be the ones throwing back at uh, Galakron, and that would actually make a lot of sense. I think it would, I think it would be fun if the infinite Dragonflight finally did something that impacted the now. Right? It wasn't going down and chasing them as they're trying to change the timelines. They're like, you know what? We're going to mess with the now. And it, oh God, that's just according to the infinite Dragonflight, who the hell knows what now is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, Cause I'm like, well now is whenever they are like, what? It's, I don't know. That's well, we already know they're up to something. Cause they stole the disc after, at the end of Ultiman. Right. right? So, yeah, Maybe Galakron is part of their plan. Stole the disc, tried to corrupt, uh, you know, Nazdormu. Right, yeah. Breaking the Oath Stone is, is what they were attempting to do. All right, this is the interesting thing. It's like, so I guess they were basically saying that once you break your oath by busting the Oath Stone is how Nazdormu will 
fall to become Merzod? Seems seems silly. It does. Yeah, because it's like, well, I mean, I know Deathwing's um, oath stone was broken, and we had to reforge it as kind of like yeah. a symbol that he broke his oaths. But it's not like he walked up to it and punched it like stupid oath stone. <laughs> <laughs> I think it broke because he broke his oath, not because someone broke it. <laughs> Maybe he's just angry. He punched it. He's got anger issues. Maybe. He's like, Dude, <laughs> Jack here won't play right anymore. <laughs> oh. Well, now I'm going to break my oath. <laughs> 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 or may- maybe, maybe you're onto something and the infinite dragonfly comes back. They resurrect Galakrond. Or they bring Galakron back. We have to deal with that. And we have to enlist the aid. Cause it, and, and Galakron is out of control and old got corrupted. So ties in your theory and my theory. And he's all like tentacly and horrible, right? And we have to somehow enlist the aid of my infinite pirate dragon buddy <laughs> <laughs> to help save us. And then I finally get them out. Boom. Solved it. Okay. So- Let me dream. <laughs> Speaking of let me dream, um, how are we getting to the Emerald Dream? (laughs) (laughs) Well, stop trying to make the Emerald Dream happen. It's not going to happen. They've done horrible damage and there's probably an old god somewhere near the caverns. And we need to go talk to Ysera about dealing with it. And so we we do that by going through the... The, the Emerald Dream for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. She's not there anymore anyways. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> huh. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. After 10-1, who the frick knows but where we're going. I, let's go. Obviously, we're going to be dealing with the folks at Abaris. And then 10-1-5. Um, something is going to happen, I'm assuming. I don't know what. Apparently, there's going to be a mega dungeon in 1015, I believe. So proud of you. <laughs> mega dungeon! <laughs> but yeah, it's like, okay, so so if, if we get to mega dungeon, um, what's that going to be? Mm, that's interesting. Hey, uh, editor Jin here, just piping in to say, yeah, we know what that dungeon is now. It's a bunch of infinite dragonfly shenanigans. Yeah, so, uh, that's cool. Looking forward to that. Okay, back to the show. Who knows? Because sometimes they make the mega dungeon is not really, like, super involved in the story. Yeah. So, it could be so many different things. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Beats me. Well, I mean, uh, do you have any final thoughts, things? I think we kind of beat around the bush around this one quite a bit because I'm like, we managed to get over to Infinite Dragon Flights and Galakron and all sorts of great stuff. <laughs> as we do around here, as we do. Well, that's true. I, I mean, that's about it. There was a couple more choppers that got released today. Yeah. Plus the raid and whatever cinematics happened during and after the raid, which I've not looked into those yet. So. I don't really have anything else to add at this time. Yep. Nope. Next episode, we're probably going to be dealing with that stuff. And now I have to go play it because I haven't played it yet. (laughs) Right. Well, I guess 
we can jump into saying a little thank you to uh, those who have decided to go spelunking with us. <laughs> That's right. Hi, patrons. Thank you for going spelunking with us. Hope you enjoyed patron episodes we've gotten recently. Lots of good stuff in there. <laughs> Some good spelunking, too. It's fine. Hey, so guess what? Remember how earlier in the episode I was like, stay tuned until the end of whatever, you know, silly puns Jin put in there. Well, now we're at the part of the show where we do say a quick thank you because we're at the end. We like to thank all of our patrons that support us in every single way to keep the show going. Thank you all so much. If you would like to join the ranks and support this show, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash live laugh lore. Yep. Yep. And and we, as we do, we like to thank the top patrons. And that includes Marjo, who, who's fixed his name. He did. And that's Akis. That's still really fun to say to me. Akis. And we got Cerise. I love you, Cerise. You're great. We got Nadoon. Dune. For <laughs> some reason, like that part of the name, this is my favorite. Dune. Nadoon. We have, I don't, I'm not as funny with these as Jin is. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just me. I'm awkward. It's fine. Uh, we have Kamari, the Lorius Living Laughter Rogers. <laughs> the Lorius. I like that. It's good. I'm glad you're living. Li- li- I'm glad you're living. Can't even say it. I'm glad you're living and that you're a laughster. Good. <laughs> <laughs> mud hello mud hi chris chris meller <laughs> hello and dungeon master burke hi i miss you and i went D again and of course we have mike smith as well thank you all so much you are wonderful yes you are every single one of you you rock stories There's nothing in the world more powerful than a good story. All right. So today, I do not have a big story. I don't have an amazing story. But I have a story that is the craziest thing, and I love it, so I must share it with you. So, dear listeners, have you ever thought, damn, we're, like, we're living in the future right now. This is the future. Right? Like, I could be on a work call as I'm, like, going on a walk. I could be on a work call and doing all this thing. Just like with the teams, it's like it's like, oh man, this is crazy. We're we're living in the future. I can see people. It's it's nuts. Well, parrots are thinking that now too. And you're like, Jen, did you just say parrots? Yes, I did. I said parrots. That's right, because scientists have trained a group of parrots how to video call each other. <laughs> and you're thinking, hey, Jen, why would scientists train parrots to? video call each other well because they can (laughs) (laughs) why not yeah why not and because apparently the parrots love it (laughs) because this wasn't just a oh we'll teach them on a video call that's cute no 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 they were having full-on conversations they were teaching each other how to fly they were teaching each other all sorts of little tricks and after they learned how to do it they kept calling each other. It wasn't like the scientists going, oh, here's your phone. Go ahead and call your friend. No, no, no. They, they kept doing it. They're like, hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? They freaking loved it. Because, I mean, if you think about it, I, you know, we all, as humans, we're very social creatures. We, we get lonely from time to time. Imagine a parrot sitting around in a cage all day. Yeah. Bet they would love the hell out of a video call. And they do. 
Is it just parrots or is it different types of birds too, like cockatoos, like any of the ones who can actually like talk and... I think it's in the parrot family specifically. Okay. Okay. That's really cool. But yeah, no, that's straight up. We're basically FaceTiming each other. (laughs) Like, what's going on, man? (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) I love that. Like the fact that they were literally also like using this as like Skillshare too, where they're like, "Hey man, let me, let me come on, let me show you how to do this. Check it out." <laughs> they were teaching That's each other so things cool. over this video call, and I'm just like, "Okay, parents are cool," and I get it. Like, you know, if you're sitting around, you ain't got nothing better to do. You find you, you got some friends that you could just call up and be like, "What's going on?" Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Makes sense. Yeah, I just I just had to share it. It was the it was the coolest freaking story. I saw. <laughs> That's really cool. Like birds are very capable of so many. I've gone down so many rabbit holes of parrots and cockatoos and gray Africans, whatever they're called. Like it like all like just so talented and filled with so much personality and the way they can talk sometimes like it is a trip. Yeah. Like this is this is awesome. Yeah. There's straight up FaceTime and like, what's going on? Why wouldn't you teach a parrot how to FaceTime? That is just that's cool. I like it. I want to find these videos now. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, this is, it, you can look it up on the Smithsonian Mag website if you're curious. I wonder if they have a YouTube. Yeah, they might. So, yeah, there you go. That is uh, your fun story to end this uh, wonderful episode with is parrots FaceTiming. <laughs> <laughs> and that is where we will leave you, fine folks, for the day. So... So what do you think your dogs would talk about if they could fix time? They already talk to each other all the time. <laughs> it's fine. Usually bunnies in the yard. They don't like that. <laughs> bunnies in the yard. Thank you so much for listening to Live Laugh Floor. If you have a topic or a question you'd like us to discuss, send us an email at lizlaughlorecast at gmail.com. If you want to support us on Patreon, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash livelaughlore and you can keep the show going for as little as a dollar an episode. You can watch Ali live on Twitch Sunday nights over at twitch.tv slash And you can watch Jin Monday nights at twitch.tv slash joint. You can also follow the show on Twitter at live underscore laugh underscore lore. You can follow Jin on Twitter at joint, and you can follow Ali at Ali Anders K. Meanwhile, be kind and take care. <laughs>